Alhamdulillahi wa kafa Salamun ala ibadihi al-lazina astafa amma ba'd Fa'unim illahi min ash-shaytani rajimi Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Ya ayyuhal lazina amanu Tubu ilallahi tawbatan nasuha Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala ala sayyidina Muhammad Wa mubarak wa sallam Allahumma salli ala sayyiduna Muhammad wa ala ali sayyiduna Muhammad wa barik wa sallam Every single person has sins. So only the Anbiya were free of sin. Some of us may have a little sin. Some of us may have a lot of sin. Some of us may have open sin. Some of us may be secretly sinning. Every single one of us has sin. So the question arises, is there anything I can do to make up for my sin? Is there anything I can do to erase my sin? Is there anything I can do to make Allah Ta'ala love me even despite the fact that I sinned? So ulama and awliya, they spent a large part of their effort to answer this question. This was a major thing that they used to think about. This was a pressing desire of their heart that somehow the sinning believers should still go to Jannah, should still be loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even despite the sins that they do. Ibn Taymiyyah ta'ala and Ibn Qayyim al-Juzi Notwithstanding that they may have had certain other positions about other matters magar ye guna se maaf hone ki jo aag hai na ye sab ko lagti hai ye fikr sab ko hoti hai so these two also had this great fikr how to be forgiven by sin ibn taymiyyah ta'ala in one of his books he wrote a very beautiful section and he wrote about the 10 ways that a believer can get their sins forgiven so we want to use those points tonight and then explain to you the teachings of our own awliya and mashayikh about these ten ways. <coughs> First is called toba. First way a person can be forgiven from their sins is by making toba. First sabab to get the maghfrit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is by making toba. What does toba mean? Toba means to make a niyat in your heart that you will never commit the sin again. To beg Allah Ta'ala to remove from my heart every desire to commit that sin. The attraction to that sin, the desire to that sin should be removed from my heart. That is called tazkiyah. So toba through tazkiyah. To repent from that sin by actively trying to purify our heart of the interest in that sin, inclination to that sin, desire for that sin, feeling for that sin. This is called toba through tazkiyah. Why? Because if you don't make tazkiyah, you may make toba, And you may say, Allah Ta'ala, I never want to do it again. But it's still inside you. It's still inside you. Just imagine like this. Could you ever make a pledge that, Ya Allah, I will never eat again? It's not possible because you have hunger inside you. Could you say, Ya Allah, I will never drink water again? It's not possible because you have thirst inside you. 
The only way it would be possible if somehow you eliminated and erased and took out from yourself the part that needs food and water. So just like that, if we really want to make true Tawbah from a sin, which means we will never commit that sin again, we have to do Tazkiyah, we have to remove from ourselves those feelings that make us do that sin in the first place. So the first way is Tawbah through Tazkiyah. This requires a deep intent, a deep intention, a firm intention. It means that to make sure I never get those feelings of sin, I have to disconnect myself from everything that connected me to that sin. Maybe it was a person, disconnect. Maybe it was a screen, disconnect. Maybe it was a memory, disconnect. Maybe it was some message, email, something I've saved, disconnect. You have to disconnect yourself from anything and everything that reminds you of that sin, interests you into that sin, attracts you into that sin, even suggests that sin. Because you're trying to remove the possibility of sin from yourself. Now maybe somebody here is thinking, it's not possible to remove it entirely. Okay, let's say, I even accept that. It's not possible to remove it entirely. But it's possible to try to remove it entirely. You have to do whatever you can. Allah Ta'ala will do what He can. Hamne apni puri koshis lagani is gunaah ko mitane ke liye. Gunaah ke khayal ko mitane ke liye. Mitate jayenge, mitane. Nei mitta, koi baat nahi. Hamara kaam mitane. Mitta ya nei mitta, hum nei dekhenge. Hamara kaam mitana hai, Allah ka kaam hai mitana. You have to erase it as much as you can. Keep erasing, keep erasing, keep erasing. When you have done as much as you can, then Allah Ta'ala will do what He can. This is called Tazkiyah. Allah Ta'ala has promised that part. The part that He can do what He can, He has promised in Qur'an. Where? Allahu waliyulladhina amanu yukhrijuhum min adhulamati ilan nur. That Allah Ta'ala is the wali of the believers. He will take them out. He will take them out from the darkness of their sin into nur. But they have to make effort first. They have to try first. They have to cry first. They have to beg first. They have to do tazkiyah first. Then Allah will send His rahman and maghfirah on them. So the first thing is making tawbah through tazkiyah. This is why Allah subhanahu wa said in Qur'an, He wanted to make sure we tried first. قُلْ يَا إِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ the say to them, my beloved Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tell them my statement, Ya Ibadi, that oh my beloved slaves, Alladina asrafu ala anfusihim, those of you who have wronged your own self by committing sin, la taknatu ma rahmatillah. Ultimately, Allah Ta'ala's mercy is still there for you. Inna laha yaghfiru dhunuba jami'ah. Indeed, Allah Ta'ala will forgive all sins entirely. But we have to make the first effort in order to attract that mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that effort is called tawbah through tazkiyah. Then Allah ta'ala specifically uses the word tawbah in few eyes of Qur'an. Alam ya'lamu anna Allahu huwa yaqbal at-tawbah. Yaqbal an ibadihi. That don't you know that it is Allah ta'ala, He accepts tawbah from His slaves. He accepts the repentance from His slaves. Wa ya'khudu sadaqat. Wa anna Allahu huwa tawabu rahim. And indeed, Allah Ta'ala, He is the acceptor of Tawbah and is the merciful one. This is who He is. This is who Allah Ta'ala is. Then Allah Ta'ala says another place in Qur'an, وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَقْبَلُ التَّوْبَةً إِبَادِهِ And Allah Ta'ala is that being who accepts Tawbah from His slaves, وَيَعْفُوا عَنِ السَّيِّعَاتِ And He forgives them from the evil things and sins that they used to do. 
This is who Allah Ta'ala is. So we are assured on that part, that Allah Ta'ala will do what He can, and what He will, because that's who He is. So we are the missing ingredient in our own tawbah. We were supposed to do what we can. Now what is that? So that is the second sabab. The second sabab is istighfar. Istighfar means talabi maghfirat. To seek Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness for the sins that we did. To beg Allah Ta'ala. To cry to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. To ask for His help. Never to return to that sin. To acknowledge اعتراف al-dhunub. To acknowledge and accept that Ya Allah, I did do this sin. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalameen. Allah, you are amazing. There is no being except you. There is no one worthy of worship except you. There is no God except you. Subhanaka, you are amazing. It was me that messed up. Inni kuntu min al-dhalameen. I made the mistake. I was the wrongdoer. I oppressed myself. Your mercy on me was complete. Your fuzzle and karam on me was complete. I was drowning in your bounties and blessings. I made a mistake. This is called istighfar. To accept our mistake and to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begging his maghfirah, begging for his mercy. Sayyidina Rasulullah in a beautiful hadith. This hadith has been mentioned in both the Sahih of Bukhari and Imam Muslim. What did the Prophet say? إِذَا أَذْنَبْ عَبْدٌ ذَنْبًا That when a slave of Allah ta'ala commits a sin, فَقَالْ And then after committing the slave says, Ay Rabbi Aznabtu. Oh my Rabb, I committed a sin. Ay Rabbi. A is one of those haruf calling. A Rabbi can say, Ya Allah. A Rabbi Aznabtu Zanban. That I committed a sin. Faghfirli. So forgive me. Ajeeb. Oh my Rabb, I committed a sin. So forgive me. Fakal, so Sayyidina Rasulullah said, Allah Ta'ala says, Alima Abdi, that my slave knows, Annalahu Rabba, he knows that he has a Rabb? My slave knows that he has a Rabb, what type of Rabb? Annalahu Rabba Yagfiru Zamba, he knows that he has a Rabb who forgives sins. So slave commits a sin, says, Oh Allah, I committed a sin, forgive me. Allah says, Oh my slave, you know that you have a Rabb who forgives sins. Allahu Akbar. وَيَأْخُذُ بِهِ And who will help him. قَدْ غَفَرْتُ لِعَبْدِي Indeed, I have forgiven my slave. This is instant. Just make istighfar, Allah Ta'ala sends maghfirah. Make istighfar, Allah Ta'ala sends maghfirah. Then Ajeeb Nabiya Kareem Sallam continued, ثُمَّ أَذْنَبَ ذَنْبًا آخِرًا Then the person, they do a different sin. They do another sin. They commit sin again. فَقَالْ And then the person says, اَيْ رَبِّي أَذْنَبْتُ ذَنْبًا آخِرٌ Oh my Rabb, now I committed another sin. Now I committed another sin. فَغْفِرْهُ لِي So Allah, please forgive this one for me as well. فَقَالْ رَبُّهُ Sayyidina Rasulullah said, and then that person's Rabb will say, عَلِمَ عَمْدِي أَنَّ لَهُ رَبًّا يَغْفِرُ ذَنْبًا Again, same thing, that this servant of mine knows and recognizes. <coughs> he has a Rabb who will forgive sins. Kan ghafartu li abdi. And I, indeed, Allah Ta'ala, I, Allah Ta'ala will forgive my slave his sins. Faliyaf al ma'sha'a. Let him do whatever he wants. Now, what does this mean? It doesn't mean Allah Ta'ala is saying that we can sin as much as we want, whenever we want, however much we want. No. But Allah Subhanahu is saying that if a person does istighfar truly and begs Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness, Allah will definitely forgive that person. So then no matter what they do, as long as they make istighfar truly, Allah will forgive that person. Allah Akbar. 
So this is the reward of istighfar. This is how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is willing to forgive our sins. So Allah ta'ala is al-ghaffar. Allah ta'ala is ghaffar. It is what He does. He loves to forgive. He wants to forgive. Even so much our mashayik say that Allah ta'ala apne maghfir ki bahane dunte. Allah ta'ala is actually looking for some excuse to forgive us. <laughs> That, oh my Rabb, I sinned. <laughs> Just forgive me for that sin. Hmm? One sentence. It's three, four words. <laughs> three, four words. And again and again. And in fact, Nabi Yukarim, the person keeps repeating third time, fourth time, Athalith, Arabe. And then finally, then Allah Ta'ala says that you can do what you want. You can do what you want. Now our problem is that we fail to do istighfar rapidly. We were supposed to seek Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness immediately. Right there in the sting of sin, in the act of sin, in the najasat of sin. Right there we were supposed to seek the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala. Immediately. Don't delay seeking forgiveness. Don't postpone seeking forgiveness. You're delaying getting the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Present yourself in that sinful state confessing that sin, acknowledging that sin, present yourself in that state. Yani gunagar ko apne guna ke halat mein apne rab ki maghfirat maangne chahiye. Usi halat mein, us halat mein tarpe, talab kare, Allah Taala se maange, pukare. Ye hai inni kuntu min al-zalimin. Yani ke baad mein muttaqin banunga phir maangunga nahi. Usi waqt, usi waqt. Allahu Akbar. You get more forgiveness. Faster, more rapid forgiveness. If we turn to Allah Ta'ala in that moment. This is why Sayyidina Rasulullah, the second way we make istighfar is after good deeds. This is why Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu in our deen, we are taught to make istighfar. After salah, we make istighfar. After hajj, we make istighfar. After fasting, we make istighfar. It was our mashayikh's method that after any good deed they would make, they would make istighfar. Why? One reason that is normally given is istighfar meant that this good deed was not good enough for Allah Ta'ala. It wasn't worthy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another reason is that Allah ta'ala, I did this good deed. Now I know I did the good deed. But I need you to forgive me for my sins also because of the good deed. I did this good deed to make up with you. To patch up with you. To reconcile with you. To compensate for my past. I had so many sins in my past. That's why I'm doing these good deeds. And this should be the attitude of a sinner. That I have to make up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I have to have more a'mal salih do more amal salih do more amal salih and after every one I do, make istighfar. What does it mean? So this is what the people used to do. They used to pray the hajjah all night. And Allah says about them in Quran, وَبِلْ أَسْحَارِهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ Why? They weren't thinking that I prayed the hajjah all night, I should not ask for the sawab of the hajjah. No. I should ask for the qurb of the hajjah. No. I should ask for anything else because I prayed the hajjah. No. They said, look, I offer all this hajjah. All I want is Allah, you forgive me for those sins I used to do. Forgive me the sins I used to do. That's all I want. وَبِلْ أَسْحَارِهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ They would seek Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness at this time of suhoor. Allahu Akbar. This was their, this was their jazbah. This was their josh. That they did good deeds in order to be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We now think that they were pious people. Imagine how much we should have this jazbah and josh. How driven we should be. How much we should be praying to Hajjud, how much we should be making istighfar and suhoor, because we desperately need Allah Ta'ala to forgive us for our sins, because we have mountains of sins. Mountains of sins upon us. 
We should be restless. Have you seen the person who has so much loan on him? How restless he is. Hmm? If he has 100,000 pounds loan on him, he's restless. He's always thinking. Any chance he gets trying to pay it off. Why should we think we have 100,000 sins on our shoulders? That's a greater burden. We should be restless. I need to get those sins off. I need to get them forgiven. I need to make up to Allah Ta'ala. Patch up with Allah Ta'ala. So this istighfar is done with drive. Istighfar ki aag lag ja kiski upar. Uski hararat ho, uski jism mein harkat ho, ki kisi tarah Allah Ta'ala se maafi ho jai. This is called istighfar. Seeking forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So after ibadat they would make istighfar. After ibadat they would make istighfar. Even Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who was masoom, it comes in authentic hadith in one rawaya he made 70 times istighfar a day and in one he made 100 times istighfar a day. Allahu Akbar kabira. Ajeeb. So we have to make a lot of istighfar. Even when Sayyidina Rasulullah his entire life, okay, that was an example of one night of tajjud, when his entire beautiful, perfect life was about to be completed and presented to Allah Ta'ala that he fulfilled the mission of Nabuwa, he lived a hayat tayyibah, he left behind Sira Mubarakah, he left behind the Sunnah Al-Mutahara, إِذَا جَاءَ نَسُّ اللَّهِ Allah Ta'ala says that indeed when the help of Allah Ta'ala comes, والفت, and the victory, And now you can see that people are entering the deen in droves, in hordes, in large numbers. So what should you do? Hmm? What is the Prophet going to do after the ultimate success of his life? And this was when Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, when these verses were revealed, he recognized that Sayyidina Rasulullah's time on earth is limited. فَسَمْبِحْ بِحَمْدِ رَمْبِكَ You must make this be in hamdi وَاسْتَغْفِرْ And make istighfar. إِنَّهُ كَانَ tawaba. Indeed, Allah Ta'ala is all relenting, ever accepting of repentance. So forget one night of tahajjud, Sayyidina Rasul's entire life. And the Qur'an is doing tasdeeq, that there will be fat, that people will enter deen in large numbers. The success of Nabuwa, even then Allah tells thanks, Sayyidina Rasulullah Fastagfir, make istighfar. Innuhu kana tawaba. Indeed, Allah Ta'ala, He is tawab, He is the acceptor of tawbah. Allahu Akbar. So then what are me and you? What type of life do we have? What is our life going to be? Imagine our whole life being presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does that have fat in it? Have we brought millions of people to deen? Like Sayyidina Sallam brought billions and billions of people have been mu'mineen since he came. Billions and billions. 1.2 billion today. People should check that. How many Muslims have there ever been since the time of Sayyidina Rasulullah Maybe 100 billion. Yes, maybe 20, 50, 100 billion. Allahu Alam. Allahu Akbar. Afwaja. Allah wants it. We should make istighfar. The second suburb of maghfirah then is to make istighfar like this, really seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Third way, that we can get our sins wiped away. So the first way was tawbah, the second way was istighfar. The third way, al-hasanatul mahiyya. Those good deeds that erase our bad deeds. Those good deeds that erase our bad deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran, إِنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ يُذْهِبْنَ سِيَّعَاتِ that indeed good needs, they take away. They take away the bad deeds, they take away the sins.
Our Mashaik, they taught us that a person should try to do a good deed, what we call minjin amal, from the same category of the sin that they did. Same category of the sin that they did. If they used to drink alcohol, liquor, they should do good deed, they should open up a well for clean drinking water in some African country, for example, in some poor part of the Muslim world. It cost a couple of hundred pounds to do that. That's it. <laughs> and you can provide actually clean drinking water to a whole community of believers. Now you can say, Ya Allah, I spent some years of my life sinning and drinking that which was impure. Now Ya Allah, I make it up to you by enabling people to drink that which is pure. If they committed some sin of lack of haya, they used to give in to their lust. They were creatures of their nafs. They used to follow their nafs. They should try to make up for that sin. Maybe they should help some young man or young woman get married so that they protect their haya, they get early nikah. Maybe they should teach people the stories of Sayyidina Yusuf salam and Sayyidina Maryam so people learn the teachings of haya. They should spread haya, teach haya, speak out against the lack of haya to make up for the sins that they used to do. Maybe they used to hurt people, be mean to people, lie to people, cheat people. Now they should become the khadam of people. They should serve people. They should help people. So to replace, to compensate for the bad deeds with the good deeds that are in their same range. So Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam also mentioned this in hadith that the good deeds that we do will take away our bad deeds. Not only that, then Allah SWT, when a person does this, like we told you in istighfar, in tawbah through tazkiyah, do whatever you can, Allah Ta'ala will do what He can. This is do what we can. In the hasanati yudhibna sayyat, that we will do good deeds to try to take away the bad ones. What can Allah Ta'ala can do what He can? He can change the bad deeds into good ones. <laughs> that Allah will do what He can, if we do what we can. <laughs> this is the incredible mercy of Allah SWT. He can actually change all of our bad deeds into good deeds. Same thing, minjins. All the years we spent in ignorance, He can make it as if we spent those years on ilm. All those moments we spent in ghafla, He can make it as if we spent that time in zikr. All that time we were sinning, He can make it as if we spent that time worshipping. This is what Allah Ta'ala can do. And He says He can do that in Quran for whomsoever He wants. But we had to do what we could do, which is to follow up the bad deeds with good deeds. And then he writes the fourth sabab, Dua al-mu'minina lil-mu'min. The dua of the fellow believers for a believer. Yes, the other people's du'as for our maghfirah can give maghfirah for us. This is why not only does Allah Ta'ala want us to make du'a for the maghfirah of all mu'mineen, then when we die in janazah, people make du'a maghfirah for us. Then Allah Ta'ala even for certain amal as reward, the angels make maghfirah for a person. Sometimes the creatures in the sea make du'a maghfirah for the person. So many creatures of His creation, Allah Ta'ala has set to make du'a for maghfirah of the believers. But this is why it is in our deen that we should ask one another for du'as. Because when somebody makes du'a for us and for our maghfira, it can also help our sins to be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why the people used to make du'a for each other. We used to make du'a for each other. So much so that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that when you make du'a for another person, Allah ta'ala appoints an angel. Allah Ta'ala appoints an angel and the angel says, Ameen on your dua. The angel says, Ameen on your dua. And says that Ameen to your dua and may you also get what you are making dua for. 
What does it mean? So if you make dua for makhfrat for someone, Allah Ta'ala will say, send an angel who says, Ameen on your duas. Sayyidina that there is no person that they make dua for their brother. Bidawatin with any dua. Illa wakalallahu bihi malakan. Except that Allah Ta'ala appoints an angel. Kullama da'ali akhi that every single dua he made for his fellow believers, Kal al Malakul al Muakilu bihi Ameen. That the angel who Allah Ta'ala appointed to be that person, he says, Ameen walaka bimithil. And may you get the mithil as well. So what does it mean when we make dua for a fellow believer, the angel says, Ameen on our dua for them. So that person got two duas. He got our dua and the angel said, Ameen. And then the angel makes dua for us. We don't get the angel's Ameen, we get the angel's dua. That person got our dua and the angel's Ameen. We get the angel's dua for that thing. So if you want an angel to make dua that you get genital for those, you make dua that Ya Allah grant all the mu'mineen genital for those. Angel will come, will say, Ameen on your dua, walakal mithl. And, Allah, and the angel will say, walakal bi mithl. And may, an angel will make dua that for you to get genital for those. Allah Akbar. So this is true for any dua, but we were talking about it now in terms of dua'i maghfirat. Dua'i maghfirat. Even Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam practiced this amal. Once when Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was going for Umrah, because it's story in Sirah, Sayyidina Sun could not go. So he told Sayyidina Umar, okay, you become Amir of the group who's going for Umrah. And then he told Sayyidina Umar, that Ya Umar, don't forget me in du'as. Ya Allah. <laughs> he is Sayyidina Rasulullah and this is Sayyidina Umar. But the Prophet knew that du'a mu'mineen li mu'min. That the du'a of fellow believers for the believer has an effect. Has an effect. This is why the elders used to ask the juniors for du'a. The juniors, younger, should ask the elders for du'a. Husband should ask wife for du'a. Wife should ask husband for du'a. Friend should ask friend for du'a. Everybody should ask everyone for du'a. This is called asking du'as. This is called asking du'as. There was one shaykh, he used to ask young men to make du'a for him. So somebody asked him, that why do you specifically ask these young men to make du'a for you? So he said these young men, they did hifs when they were in their small age, and then they studied in ilm in the madrasa. So I feel they are those youth who have given their life for the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah ta'ala has a special love for them. So I, will, I love to, it that they should make du'a for me. Hmm? Lucky and these great asatiza mashayikh that they used to have students like that who would come to them when they were seven and they would learn Quran from them, memorize Quran from them, study Arabic with them, study deen with them, and they used to get their du'as. <laughs> they used to ask for their du'as. One thing is asking du'as and one thing is getting somebody's du'as. These are two different things. In Urdu, this means that du'a mangna or kisi ki du'a lena. This means that there is a lot of now we ask a lot of people for du'as and that also will count in the hadith. Right? But there's another special thing, ki kisi ki dil ki du'a lena. Kisi ki du'aon ko murad ban jana. Ye puchne se nahi hota hai. Aap jitne bhi ikhlas se puchhe lakhen, ye puchne se taluk kuch nahi rakhta. Ye dili taluk hota hai. It has nothing to do with your asking. You may write and ask and say as nicely as you want. You will get the standard du'as that okay you ask, I make du'a for you. Any person who you ask, they will make dua for you. There's another type of dua. That that person makes dua for you themselves. That has a special value in Allah SWT. One perfect place you can understand this is when a person goes on Umrah and Hajj. Now when we go on Umrah and Hajj, many people say make dua for us, make dua for this, make dua for that. Right? 
But it's my own experience and others may have experienced the same. When you're in tawaf, when you're in sa'i, even when you're on multism, it's Allah Ta'ala's naseeb who you remember at that time. It's not that person who asked you. Just his asking is that you will remember him. Many times the people who asked you, you may make general dua for them, but you won't take their name on multism. And there may be somebody who never ever asked you for dua, and you take their name on multism. This is a relation of the hearts. This is why the people used to do khidmat of mashayikh, khidmat of ulama, used to try to be in their sohbat, because they wanted this special type of dua. This special type of dua. Hazrat Madinah when he was with Hazrat Sheikh Al-Hindah in jail, Hazrat Madinah used to sit on a pot of water all night so that when Sheikh would wake up and want to make wudu in tahajjud, he would have warm water. One night when he was sitting on the pot, he fell asleep and he rolled over a bit. So when he rolled over, then he was no longer actually sitting on the pot. So his body heat didn't warm the pot. So Hazrat Sheikh Al-Hindah didn't know this, that this was the secret behind the warm water. So when he brought the water that morning, it was cold, very cold. So as the Sheikh Al-Hind asked, oh, that today there must not be hot water today. They're not giving us hot water in the prison today. Hmm? So Hazrat Mandi then shared the reason that actually it was my fault. I ask your forgiveness. I fell asleep tonight. So Hazrat Sheikh Al-Hind was amazed that he's been sitting all, sleeping all night in a condition where he's sitting on a pot. It's not easy. And not to let yourself really sleep because that night he really slept so he rolled over. It means every other night he was half awake, partly awake, so he wouldn't roll over. So as the Sheikh Al-Hindra raised his hands in dua. Next Sunday, the rest is history. Huh. As the Sheikh Al-Hindra raised his hands in dua. And the rest becomes history. Hmm? This is something that we live for, we would die for. If we can get somebody's duas like that. This is a special moment. Hmm? Sometimes our Mashaikh, Ahlullah, Awliyaullah, Allah Ta'ala does give them moments of Qubulit and Dua. They feel it in their heart. Then they make Dua for themselves, they make Dua for their families, and at that moment they make Dua for somebody. And it's not that somebody who asks them to make Dua for them. No, no, no. It says somebody whose heart attracts their heart so much in their direction that involuntarily, uncontrollably, their heart makes Dua for that person. Fifth Sabbath. Ma min a'mal al-bir. This is called Isal al-Thawab. A'mal al-bir from the good deeds that are done on behalf of the deceased. Isal al-Thawab is also one major way that a person can get forgiven. It's ajeeb. He writes, and this is Ibn Taymiyyah and Amtala, people don't know this. فَإِنَّ هَذَا يَنْتَفِئُ بِهِ بِنُسُوسِ السُنَّةِ السَّحِيحَةِ السَّرِيحَةِ وَإِتِّفَاقِ الْآئِمَّةِ That this is established from clear, authentic, established hadith from the sunnah and from the unanimous agreement, ittifaq of the a'imma of the imams of fiqh. This is known as Isal al-Thawab. But again, for Isal al-Thawab, you must have done something in your life that people remember you after you die. Otherwise, how many people are there that nobody remembers them after they die? When you visit a Muslim graveyard, you will see them. 99% of the people in that graveyard are people that nobody remembers who they are. Nobody is left making any dua for them, any tawa for them, giving any sadqa for them, doing any good deed for them. No one. Even me and you are no better. How many of us even know the name for a great-great-grandfather? I know my father's name. I know my grandfather's name. 
I know my great-grandfather's name. I don't even know the name of my great-great-grandfather. Hmm? They're forgotten. <laughs> They're forgotten. <laughs> it means, you think we should realize this, our own children, we'd be lucky in this day and age if our own children make dua for us after we pass away. How long will it last? Will our grandchildren make dua for us? Will our great-grandchildren make dua for us? But yes, there are some people in the summer who are makbul, mahbub in the law. Imam Bukhari Ramtale, Imam Ghazai Ramtale. They are so beloved to this ummah, even though they lived over a thousand years ago. Imam Bukhari over a thousand years ago. Imam Ghazali almost a thousand years. Still there are people who make dua for them. Still people make tawaf for niyat for them. Still people will go on hajj for niyat for them. Still people will make sadaqah for niyat for them. They are so lucky. They are makbul. Because they did something in their life. They left a legacy. They left a sadaqah jari in the form of their ilmu nafi that people still benefit from today. People still remember them with love. So don't, we don't know. Nobody can control in this world if you will get that. But this is also a way that a person can get forgiven for their sins. Now can you imagine that? That a person dies in this world and there were some sins that were left. But because so many people remember them with love and so many people made dua for them, those remaining sins are forgiven. In fact, our ulama write that there's some janazah salah like that. There's some janazah salah like that, that if some great wali of Allah Ta'ala leaves that janazah or even participates in that janazah, the dua makhfrat that they make for the mayat is enough to forgive the mayat for the remaining sins. And there's some janazahs like that, that the mayat was such a big mali of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that anybody who participates in the janazah, their sins get forgiven. There's a lot of tasir in this janazah salah. This janazah salah is one of the very strong parts of our deen. Very strong parts of our deen. But how do any of us know? Can hmm? anybody know who's going to leave their janazah? No. Anybody know if there's going to be anybody there in their janazah? No. I'll give you a story from the area of our sheikh in Pakistan. Once there was a small village in Pakistan. Very small, poor, humble village. By the bank of the river. And one day in the river, this corpse was floating. And it came up and floated by the shore. So they picked up the corpse. And the corpse was so rotted, so rotted, they couldn't recognize. Beyond recognition. Could not tell the features. So rotted. Now they didn't know what to do. So the people who discovered the corpse, they went to the small masjid. And they went to the imam. That this is what we find. He said, okay, you bring it. He bring it so then the imam did ghusl. He did the bathing ritual bath of the corpse. And now they had to get kafan. Now these are very poor people in this type of area. So they actually did what we call chanda. They actually did fundraising. One salah, two salah, three salah. Raised money through charitable donations to buy the cloth to be the kafan of that person. Finally when they had raised enough money to buy the cloth to be the kafan, then the imam and one, two, three people prayed janazah, and the imam and one, two, three people dafan, buried him and laid him to rest in his grave. Then a few months later, the police came, and they were investigating a case of a missing person, and they came and they were asking in town to town, and then they came to this imam also, and they asked him, and then he said, oh, you know, the person you were describing to me, and this, the way you're showing me the picture, actually now I can see, that it must have been that corpse that floated up by the river. And they said, yes, he has been murdered and he was thrown in the river. So who was this person? This person was the richest person in that whole district who was killed due to some Allah, envy, hasad, whatever it was. 
They're so rich that his lands were so much that two train stations were in his land. <laughs> One train stop is also his land. Next train stop all the way up to there was his land. And he had sons. He would have never imagined in his whole life that when I die, only strangers will be there. No of my sons, none of my relatives, none of my friends. There will not be anyone even to give kafan for me. I'm such a rich man, the poor will have to donate money for my kafan, and I will be buried in an anonymous way, in an anonymous grave with an unknown kafan. To me and you have no idea. None of us knows. We can only hope and make dua to Allah. This is also dua to make as part of our duas. That Allah subhanahu wa when I die, make good arrangement for my janazah. Make some pious people in that janazah. Make a pious person lead my janazah. When I die, put my grave, my resting place be in a grave, a graveyard of muttaqeen, in the proximity of muttaqeen, salihin. So none of us know whether this will happen, but this is the fifth sabab, that if anybody does isal is sabab for us. Sixth sabab. Al-masaib allati yukaffilullahu bihil khataya fin dunya. That the different worries that Allah Ta'ala sends on us in this world, they are also sent to us to relieve us and forgive us for our sins. So much so that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that when a person is sick, and is sick with a fever, and as long as they have that fever, Allah Ta'ala sheds their shin, sins, Allah Ta'ala sheds their sins, the way the trees in the winter end up shedding their leaves. Forgiveness. It's a suburb of forgiveness. Now imagine if that's true about fever, so one can only imagine then how many sins are forgiven for cancer or for other intense illnesses that people go through today. We cannot imagine. And that illness is just one example. Any musibah, any difficulty, any difficulty that comes in a person. Sayyidina Rasulullah said in this hadith is also in Bukhari Muslim, ما يصيب المؤمن من وسب that no difficulty can afflict or befall any believer except what? إِلَّا كَفَّرَ اللَّهُ بِهَا مِنْ خَطَايَاهُ Except that Allah Ta'ala uses those difficulties to compensate and relieve that person from the sins and errors that they made. So now next time you're in a state of difficulty, you shouldn't feel so bad. You just say, okay, look, and the worldly sense is difficult. I'm having some problem. But at the same time, all these sins of mine are getting forgiven. <laughs> All these sins are being forgiven, which wouldn't have been forgiven if I didn't have this difficulty, if I didn't have this musibah, if I didn't have this difficulty. So this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At the same time, sometimes Allah ta'ala sends difficulty not to forgive us for our sins, but as a further punishment for our sin. That's a different type of musibah. So the question is, how can I tell? Which one is which? That if I'm in this musibah, difficulty, has it come to forgive me for my sins? Or has it come as punishment for my sins? To our ulama, awliya, mashayikh, they mentioned that there is some way to tell. Number one, look at your ibadat. If your ibadat go down during that musibah, it means that musibah, that difficulty came to punish you for sin. It shouldn't be like that, that your ibadat go down. And people say, oh, we don't see you in the masjid anymore. You say, yes, because I'm having a problem at work, tough time at business. Therefore, I don't come to masjid. It shouldn't be like that. It's supposed to be the other way around. And if you have difficulty, you come more. You pray more. 
before you were praying five times, now you pray tahajjud, before you were giving zakat, now you give sadqa, before you only fasted in Ramadan, now you're doing nafil fasting. If that happens, if when the musibah comes and you start turning to Allah Ta'ala more, that means that that musibah came to forgive you for your sins, number one, and to draw you closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Second sign, you look in your heart. Is your heart still happy with Allah? If your heart is still is not still happy with Allah Ta'ala, if in your heart you have questions, why is this happening to me? Why is Allah Ta'ala doing this to me? Why is Allah Ta'ala angry with me? It means that this difficulty has come as a punishment for your sin. But if your heart remains happy with Allah Ta'ala, that no, I, I love Allah Ta'ala as much as I always did. But I've been going through a tough time, I'll get over it, I'll get out of it. That same Allah Ta'ala who sent this difficult to me, to me, the same Allah Ta'ala will take me out. If your heart remains pleased with Allah Ta'ala, that's a sign that that difficulty came as a forgiveness for our sins and to draw us closer to Him. Rabbi Basri this is what she said, that this is what it means to love Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. She said to really love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means that no matter if you're in a bad time or a good time, your heart is so equally pleased with Allah ta'ala. She in fact said that you're in a state of equal mushahid of Allah ta'ala when you're in difficult times or in good times. Any khushhali mein or tangdasti mein, aapke dili Allah ta'ala ki jo dil se mushahid hai, wo barabar hai, isko Allah ki muhabbat kehte hai. Allah akbar, ajeeb. What incredible woman she was. Hmm? Third sign is if that difficulty comes and it gives you difficulty, but you retain your izzat, that's a sign that that difficulty came as a forgiveness for sins and to bring us closer. But if that difficulty comes and you get zillat, if that difficult time, tough time is such that you are disgraced, Maybe disgraced in front of everyone. Maybe disgraced and embarrassed in front of your wife. Maybe disgraced in front of your friend. Disgraced in front of your neighbor. If you forget any zillat, any disgrace, humiliation because of that difficulty, that is a sign that that difficulty came as a punishment for the sins. Our ulama, they taught us, mashayikh, awliya, they taught us these signs. Not up for us. So that means that next time a difficulty comes, we should try what? To increase our ibadah. You can do it reverse engineering. Increase our ibadah so that we have the signs of that person that the difficulty came on them to forgive their sins. We should make sure in our heart we still feel love for Allah Ta'ala, remain pleased for Allah Ta'ala, keep being happy with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. The seventh way that our seventh way of the ten ways that our sins are forgiven. Ma yahsulu fil qabri min al-fitnati wa What does this mean? So there's something called Zagtatul Maut, Zagtatul Qabr. This is when a person goes in the grave, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will press them. Have the grave press them. Now for those people who were salihin, muttaqeen, the pressing will be light. It won't be a torment, it won't be a punishment, but they will also get the Zagtatul Qabr. Everybody gets it. Even it came, Sayyidina Susam, it's a long hadith about Sahabi Saad. This is the same Sayyidina Saad, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that the arsh weeped when he passed away, but the same Sahabi Saad, Sayyidina Susam, was at his cover and said, Saad is getting zakta to cover. Everybody gets it. Allahu hmm? Akbar. But our Mashaikh say that for Sahabi Akram and Muttaqeen, it's like a massage. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like a massage. Hmm? And for others, it can be more intense. Hmm? 
But when it happens, this is also a way our sins can get forgiven. And still, it's better than the fire of Jahannam, right? It's still before the hisab. So some sins Allah Ta'ala will remove from us through this constriction of the grave. Eighth way, that our sins will be forgiven. أَحْوَالَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَكَرْبُهَا وَشَدَائِدُهَا that the condition that will come over us on the Day of Judgment, with shada'id and all the extreme things that we will have to bear on that day, the awe and reverence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the azmat and jalal of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the thirst on the Day of Judgment, the heat on the Day of Judgment, the perspiration on the Day of Judgment, the fear on the Day of Judgment, all of the intense feelings that we will feel, Allah ta'ala will use that also to forgive a person's sins. Allah Akbar. That all of you know what an intense day that is. No, just one hadith, not hadith, sorry, one place in Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this will be that day that the woman who is, has hamal, the woman who is pregnant, she will give birth right there and then to her child. She won't even be even to keep her baby. So forget sweating perspiration, forget sweating blood. The pregnant women will just instantly give birth to whatever, whatever age fetus it is. They will be so scared. Science can't even understand such a concept. <laughs> Such a level of fear, such a level of being scared on that day of judgment. So all of that, those shada'id, all of the difficulties and the scariness of the day of judgment will also be a means of us, our sins being forgiven. So there were eight so far that we did. Eight of ten ways to get our sins forgiven. The first was tawbah. The second was istighfar. The third was the good deeds that removed the bad deeds. Hasanat that removed the sayyat. The fourth was du'a of the believers for their fellow believer. The fifth was ishal al-sawab, something that is done to, for the forgiveness of the deceased after they pass away. The sixth was the masaib, the difficulties and trials and tests that come to our life to forgive us for our sins. The seventh was the zakat al-kabr, the constriction of the grave. And the eighth was the ahwal of yawm al-qiyamah, the shada'id, the difficulties of that day. So the last two asbab through which a person's sins will be forgiven. Number nine, Shafa'atun Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu will intercede for his sinners, for the sinners of his ummah. That they made tawbah, they made istighfar, they did all of these things, but still some sins of them are left. Who will he make sinning for? Ajeeb hadith. Sahih hadith Sayyidina Rasulullah said, Shafa'ati la ahlil kabairi min ummati. That my shafa'ah will be for who? For the sinners. Which sinners? Which sinners? Ahlil kabair. For the ones who did major sins. Ya Allah. <laughs> major sins. Such major sins that these eight things weren't enough to get them forgiven. <laughs> Maybe they made istighfar, but the sin was so kabir and their istighfar was sagheer. wasn't forgiven. Maybe they, others made dua for them. Maybe 1,000 people came to their janazah, but their sin was so kabir, their sin is not forgiven. Maybe people did isal swab for them. They had a loving wife they left behind. She read Quran for them. She made tawaf for them. She made hajj for them. Still sin was not forgiven. They made such a kabir sin. May were, they were constricted in the grave. Still the sin was so kabir, still not forgiven. They were sweating on the Day of Judgment. They went through the Shaddaid of the Day of Judgment. Still that sin was so kabir, still not forgiven. So then Sayyidina Sallallahu will seek those sinners out. Shafa'ati ahl al-kaba'iri min ummati. That my shafa'ah will be for those sinners who are ahl al-kaba'ir from my ummah. Allahu Akbar kameera. 
Now imagine the state of that person. Hmm? He must be sweating blood, buckets of blood on that day of judgment. He must see no hope in himself. He must be seeing this huge sin. He must remember that Kabira sin that he does. And then Sayyidina Rasulullah, he saw some comes to him. And then Sayyidina Rasulullah, this shifa intercedes with Allah Ta'ala for him. And because of Sayyidina Rasulullah, he saw some shifa'ah, that person's kabira sin, his major sin is forgiven, and that person will go to Jannah. Allahu Akbar. This is why Sayyidina Rasulullah, he said, خُيْرَتْ بَيْنَ أَنْ يَدْخُلَ نِسْفَ أُمَّةِ الْجَنَّةِ I was given the option that I could put half the ummah in Jannah. وَبَيْنَ الشَّفَاءَةِ Or I could be given the right of shafa'ah to do shafa'ah from ummah. فَاخْتَرْتُ الشَّفَاءَةِ I chose, Ya Allah, that give me instead the right of intercession. Still give me shafa'ah. لِأَنَّهَا أَأَمُّ وَأَكْثَرُ Because that will have more widespread benefit and I will be to benefit more people. More than half the ummah will get this shifa. That's what it means. <laughs> now can you imagine the love of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi I told you, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 billion Muslims in history. Allah knows how many they will be in the future. Let's say 100 billion. More than 50 billion. 50 would have been nisf. Sayyidina Rasulullah will individually on that day go to 40, 50 billion more than half of his ummah and one for one do shafa for them all. This is rahmatullahi al-alameen. <laughs> this is Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa Can you imagine the effort it will take? Can you imagine the himma? And Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa also, also going to feel the terror of that day because that day is a terror which affects everyone. And he could go into Jannah instantly. But he will stay back in that mahal of day of judgment. Hmm? He will stay back in that difficult place of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. He will stay back in that place of Hashr and Maidan. And he will do shifa of billions of his ummah. More than half. Allah Akbar Kabira. Ajeeb. Then the tenth sabab. That will get the makfrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rahmatullahi wa afahu wa maghfiratuhu bila sababim min al-ibad. Allah Ta'ala's own mercy, His own afu, His own pardoning, His own maghfir, His own forgiveness, bila sabab, bila sababim min al-ibad, not due to anything that the person did. Not due to anything any other person did for them. Not even due to the shafa of Sayyidina Rasulullah That's also done now. There will still be some sinners left. Now Allah Ta'ala will show His own rahmah. His own rahmah, which is unwarranted, undeserved, unearned, bila sabab. Allah Ta'ala will show how He is ar-Rahman, that He gives mercy to the undeserving. He gives mercy to those who don't deserve it. He will show that on the Day of Judgment. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Hmm? He will tell them, enter Jannah bi rahmati, by my mercy. That's it. Kun fayakun, he will say, kun, and their hearts will be, become pure, he will do their tazkiyah right there. No need to get your tazkiyah in the fire of Jahannam, Allah will do tazkiyah from his rahmah. Allah is Allah. So I show you one hadith, this is also in Sahih Bukhari Muslim, how Allah Ta'ala will do this on the day. Sayyidina ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah, he narrates that Sayyidina Rasulullah, he said, that a mu'min will be brought close to his rub on the day of judgment. And then Allah Ta'ala will envelop him, surround him in his rahmah. And Allah Ta'ala will make him confess each and every single one of his sins. And Allah Ta'ala will say that, do you remember doing this sin? 
And he will say, My Rabb, I remember. Do you remember doing this sin? My Rabb, I remember. Do you remember doing this sin? My Rabb, I remember. Then after making him confess to all of his sins, Allah Ta'ala will say, I covered up all these sins for you in the life of the world, and I forgive them all for you today out of mercy. Then the record of his good deeds will be handed to him in the right hand, and he will go to Jannah. This is Sahih Bukhari and Muslim. Hadith of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu This is the Rahmah of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. No sabab. Bas gunaah ginwaayenge. Kiya tha? Ji, rab. Yaad e kiya tha. Ye bhi kiya tha? Ji, yaad e kiya tha. Ye bhi kiya tha? Ji, yaad e kiya tha. Hum to samajhte ki us waqt uske kya hal hoga. Wo to samajh raha hoga ki main to gaya. Allah Ta'ala direct. This is not Mizan. This is not Book of Deeds. This is not Kiram and Katibin. Allah Ta'ala directly telling a person, you did this sin and the person says, my Rab, yes I remember. Can you imagine? Can you imagine hearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling you that you did this sin? Hmm? This is Allah's Al-Aziz, Al-Jabbar, Al-Mutakabbir, do intikam. And one after the other, after the other, after the other. Hmm? But then can you imagine the joy of this person when Allah ta'ala after all of that then tells the person that oh my servant I covered up all these sins for you in the world. And I forgive all the sins for you today from my mercy, enter Jannah. Can you imagine how, what a joy that will be? What a shock of surprise it will be? So the tenth way a person will be forgiven. Rahmatullahi wa afuhu wa maghfirutuhu bila sababim min al-ibad. Not due to anything. <laughs> Unearned mercy, undeserved mercy. Pure mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? So look at these ten ways. That we can get our sins forgiven. Hmm? That we have to put in our heart this love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Love for Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam, And we have to start making use of these ways. We shouldn't begin tonight with the amal of tawbah. Which is the first way. At least we begin with tawbah and istighfar. Wa akhirat da'wana. Alhamdulillahi dhambin amin.